Welcome back to the show. This episode, is it Tebow time in Jacksonville? No, it probably won't last that long. I'll explain why. Also, is Aaron Rodgers possibly heading to Denver? We'll talk about that. Also, the NFL schedule dropped. I'll give my reaction to the schedule. What other games are going to be the best games to watch this year? Which games are not going to be worth watching at all? Also, can LeBron's return help get the Lakers out of the plane? We'll talk about that. Also, there have been four no-hitters in baseball through the early part of the season. Is that a good thing for the game of baseball? I'll talk about that. I'm also going to talk about Albert Pools being cut. Russell Westbrook become the new triple-double king. Also, the Seattle Mariners finally caught up two of their best prospects. Will that help them in the long run? Probably. Also, the Oakland A's might be leaving Oakland. We'll talk about that. Let the fun begin. There are only about four days left until the NBA regular season has come to a close. And in the Eastern Conference, all the playoff teams are set. Just need to figure out a few six spots between one, two, four through six. Other than that, the playoffs are set. The play-in is pretty much set in stone as well. We know who's going to be in there. I'm pretty sure the Wizards are going to lock up that 10th seed anyway. So let's just say the Eastern Conference is pretty much set in stone. That's going to be an interesting play-in tournament. Now for the West, most teams out there are set in stone. Obviously, there's still some locations out there in the West. Obviously, we've still got the battle for five and six going out there in the Western Conference. We have the Mavericks, Blazers, and Lakers battling out to see who can win the play-in. With the Blazers and the Mavericks so far have an inside track to do so. The Lakers are in that seventh spot. They're working back up Portland, but remember Portland has the tiebreaker over the Lakers. Mavericks are also tied with the Blazers as well. So LeBron's come back in their next game against the Pacers. Question is, will his return and hopefully near 100% help get the Lakers back into the regular playoffs and avoid the play-in tournament? I there's a big chance. There's a little bit. Of a, there's a small chance it might happen. Here's why: both the all three of these teams, the Blazers, the Mavericks, and the Lakers, they all have two games left. The Mavs, I don't think they're gonna fall out of, fall out of the playoff race because their last two games are against the Raptors and the Timberwolves, who aren't aren't exactly top tier teams. So I think they're locked into the playoffs as long as they take care of business. The Lakers had the Pacers and the Pelicans, so they should win those games pretty handedly, especially with a full roster, near full roster, with LeBron and AD in that cast. Now here's where things get interesting. The Blazers are currently in the five spot, but they have two games remaining against really tough opponents. They got the Suns coming up, and they got the Nuggets. That's a really tough way to end your season, right? Suns and Nuggets. Both top tier teams in this league, they're not going to back down that easily, especially since they're still fighting for a playoff positioning. So the only possible way I see the Lakers getting out of that playing tournament is that the Blazers manage to drop their last two games and the Lakers win their last two. Because remember, Lakers and Trailblazers, if the Lakers win against the Pacers and the Blazers lose, yes, they'll have the same record. But remember, Portland has the tiebreaker. So, for the Lakers to avoid the play-in tournament, they need the Blazers to lose their last two, and they need to win their last two. But if the Blazers win one, obviously they clinch a playoff spot, and the Lakers are in the play-in tournament. I don't see the Mavericks losing their last two games. If they do, blessing in disguise for the Lakers. But, like I said, as long as the Mavericks take care of business and the Blazers win one of those last two games, it doesn't really matter. So... There's that. So I do see the Lakers still being in the play-in. But I still think they're going to make the playoffs. If the play-in were to start today, the Lakers will play the Warriors. And unless Curry is just absolutely on fire, I don't see the Warriors beating the Lakers. So I think the Lakers will have a first-round matchup with the Phoenix Suns. Or the Utah Jazz, depending on how that all ends up near the end of the season. 
And of course, I think the Warriors are going to make it in too because I think they're just way better teams than the Grizzlies and the Spurs. Just how it is. But yeah, we'll see how LeBron's health and all that stuff. Can they get the hopefully, let's see if the Lakers can get the outside out they need? Probably not. Really unlikely. But there's always a chance this late into the season. And even if they do make don't mean make the playoffs and make the have to play in the playing tournament. That first that first playing game with LeBron and Steph Curry, you already know the NBA ratings are gonna go through the roof that day. I mean, it's LeBron versus Curry. I mean, that's going to be the – I mean, yeah, that's going to be one heck of a game to keep an eye on. Even though the Lakers roster absolutely destroys the Warriors roster overall. All right, stick with the NBA. I'm just going to go ahead and give you guys my team of the week and NBA trash cans of the week. For my NBA team of the week, before they took their last loss – the 76ers have won, I believe it was like, they had a mean winning streak going until their last loss against, obviously, the Indiana Pacers. That was a weird loss. But before that, they were just absolutely rolling. And, obviously, they played the Miami Heat tonight, trying to lock up that number one seed in the Eastern Conference, which would be huge. But even if they don't lock it up tonight, I believe they can lock it up in the next few games because they have back-to-back games against the Orlando Magic. So no worries for Sixers fans if they lose tonight because, well, I think they are just far superior team to the Orlando Magic. Joel Embiid, hopefully he can stay healthy because, honestly, their playoff hopes ride with him. If they don't, he doesn't play, then it's an issue. But I think he'll be fine. He's, an, he's been an MVP candidate all year long, so there's that. So also for my NBA trash can of the week, this one was a little bit of a difficult because there are a lot of teams kind of slumping near the end of the season. But at the end of the day, the team that's going to get trash can of the week is the Boston Celtics. Without Jalen Brown, it's been kind of a disaster. They've lost four in a row, including a back-to-back losses against Miami Heat, which sealed their fate, I believe, for the playing tournament, as well as a terrible loss to the Cavaliers yesterday. That was just ugly. And just uh, They're going to enjoy the play-in. And I believe the Boston Celtics in the play-in are going to be in a little bit of trouble because – they're not healthy. They lost Jalen Brown for the year, who was having a career year before his season-ending injury. And, well, I just don't think the Celtics team has what it takes to make the playoffs if they keep playing the way they're doing right now. I mean, their first matchup in the play-in before it starts today would be the Charlotte Hornets, and that team is – don't let their record deceive you. They're not exactly going to be an easy out. With the rookie of the year, in my opinion, Lamella Ball. Rozier's a solid player. Obviously, they maybe they get a healthy Corn Hayward. I don't know about that quite yet. There's a lot of good role players in that Hornets team. And honestly, that's gonna be a tough game for the Celtics. And if they are going if they do lose that game to the Hornets in the first play-in game, they're gonna play a second playing game against either a Pacers team who has a very good back front court with Sabonis, Miles Turner. That's going to be a problem for them. Or they get a healthy Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, and that's going to be an issue. Because I don't know about you, but if I end up playing the Wizards in a one-game winner-go-home, I'm not going to count a Bradley Beal and a Russell Westbrook do everything in their power to win that game. It gets to sell a team that doesn't look exactly motivated to play basketball games as of late. But yeah, those are my team of the week and trash can of the week. Playoffs start in a few days. Very excited to see how that goes. Can the Lakers repeat? They're probably going to have a tough road to the finals. Can my Miami Heat somehow sneak their way into the finals? Doubtful, but it can happen. 
We'll have to wait and see. Moving over to MLB, I want to talk about this for a while. This has been a little bit of a debate when it comes to the baseball world. Honestly, with the early going in the season, we already have four no-hitters throughout the, already the season. Honestly, we had Wade Miley as the as the latest one. We had John Means. I believe Carlos Rodon was another one. I forgot who the first one was. So, there's that. But there was, there's been four that I know. There's been four. And there's an it. Now, there's a little bit of a debate going on. Is, is pitching absolutely just dominating the game? And is it, it's pretty bad for baseball. Me, personally, I don't think pitching absolutely dominating lately is bad for the game. Yes, people like to see home runs and offense and yada, yada, yada. And people think that pitching duels are, quote, unquote, Boring, but that's just how it is. Great pitching is always going to be great hitting. Ninety nine percent, ninety percent of the time, great pitching is going to great be great, be great hitting. So there's that. But honestly, I honestly don't care that pitching is dominating the game right now. Honestly, I think it's pretty nice because I'm always interested to see. How teams are going to react, how they're going to study, how they're going to find ways to one up the pitching. Honestly, there's a lot to do with the new ball. Could be a little bit up to the new ball. The ball isn't as juice as it was years prior, but let's see how that goes. But at the end of the day, I don't think pitching dominating is necessarily a bad thing. But I mean, you got to understand, not every team has a, a may going to have a pitching going to have an amazing day. We're still going to get a high score in games. I mean, look at the White Sox twin game last night. The score was 13 to 8. There was another game where the Dodgers put up seven runs. Earlier today, the Blue Jays beat the Braves 8 to 4. So, there's still going to be plenty of offense in, the, in this game. There's going to be days where teams just break out, score 7 8. 9, 10 runs a game. And there's going to be games like the Yankees raised yesterday where it's going to be 1-0, 2-1, There's going to be games like that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with seeing great pitching in baseball these days. I mean, you got to be happy for these guys like Carlos Rodon, the Wade Miley's of the world, the John Means of the world. You just got to be happy for them. I mean, can't tell me the last. Can you tell me the last time an Orioles pitcher had a no hitter? You probably can't tell me at all. <laughs> so at the end of the day, pitching isn't ruining the game. Great pitching isn't ruining the game. It isn't bad for the game. It's just p- pitchers having a great day. Batters are figuring out their pitching. They can't figure out what the pitcher's gonna throw. Catchers have calling a great game, came in with a great game plan, and you get the results of what happens. Could be a no-hitter, could be a shutout, could be, you know, could be the 10-9 to game. You never know. That's just the beauty of baseball. Going ahead and staying with baseball, I'm going to go ahead and get my MLB Team of the Week and Trash Can of the Week. So for MLB, for the team of the week in baseball, I mean, it's pretty obvious for me who's going to be team of the week for me. For me, it is St. Louis Cardinals, who have been absolutely surging as of late. It has been a great run for the Cardinals, who are now sitting three games ahead of the Brewers in the NL Central. So now this team's starting to look like how I thought it could be at the beginning of the year. Arnado's been playing great. The bats have been coming alive as of late. Pitching has been pretty good for them as well. I believe Adam Wainwright, of all people, had like a complete game shutout a couple of nights ago. That's great for him. So, I mean, I mean, it's been fantastic for the Cardinals. Hopefully they can keep this up because I believe the way they're playing right now, I believe they actually had the 
second best record in the National League behind only the Giants, who I don't know how they're still here, but they're still here. <laughs> and for N MLB Trash Can of the Week, I mean, this one was pretty easy. Kansas City Royals have just been absolutely playing terrible baseball as of late. In the last 10 games, they haven't won a game in the last 10. It's just been terrible for the Royals. I mean, after that surprising start to the season that they had, kind of saw this coming from out of the way. This Royals team is not exactly good at all. So they had their fun little start to begin the year, but they haven't won a game since they played the Pirates. And the Pirates aren't exactly a good team either, so there's that. Oh, my mistake. They beat the Twins on May 1st. They haven't won a game since May 1st. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't even have to explain. The Royals are just a bad ball club. They haven't won in a while. So... Maybe they'll start the losing streak soon, but I highly doubt it. But if with the Royals, I'd probably give this uh, this unnecessary award to the Twins, who have been playing just as bad, and they have just been really disappointing. So, but yeah, yeah, you know, I'm gonna give it to Co. It'll be trash games of the week. I'm giving it to the Royals and the Twins because the Twins. I expected the Twins to compete for a playoff spot this year. They have just been absolutely disappointing to start the season. I don't think they have the necessary pitching to keep up with teams like the White Sox, who have just a great pitching, great offense overall. The Indians still have great pitching. The offense for the Indians has been surprising me a lot as well, but the Twins have just been disappointing as heck to start the season. Royals, they've lost 10 in a row, so... Yeah, those are my co-trash cans of the week. They can just... Share that trash can. Twins and Royals. This is just very disappointing. Exciting news if you're a Seattle Mariners fan like myself. Today, we've been seeing the debut of a prospect we've been asking to see for a long time. And Jared Kelnick. Jared Kelnick is coming to a ball club who, as of late, hasn't seen the offensive production that we expected to see going into the season. We thought this offense was going to be pretty solid going into the season, but as of late, the offense is sputtering. The pitching isn't exactly been that great either. But hopefully Jared Kelnick can come in and help bring a spark to a ball club that absolutely needs it. The future has started to arrive in Seattle, and it's exciting for a Seattle Mariners fan because I don't know how long it's been since we had a prospect in our Farm system that has been waiting for the day he arrives. And here he is, Jared Kelnick, number four prospect in baseball. My personal favorite to win American League Rookie of the Year to start the year. I don't think he'll get it now because he's a late star and guys like Mercedes, Mercedes or the rookie and the White Sox. I'm trying to pronounce his name right for a while. He's been on to a great start. I think he might get it if he keeps it up. But Kalanick is definitely going to be an impact rookie right away. And also, we got Logan Gilbert being called up today. He's going to make his first start against the Cleveland Indians. So that's going to be exciting. Like I said, the pitching hasn't been exactly that great for the Seattle Mariners as of late. Hopefully, Logan Gilbert can come in and make some sort of impact there as well. The Mariners play the Cleveland Indians today, so that's going to be an interesting matchup for both these young players. Jared Kelnick, they have him hitting leadoff tonight, so that's going to be – so they're going to go right for it, right away. And we're going to see Logan Gilbert make his first MLB start tonight as well. So two of our most promising prospects we've had in a long time, both making their debuts tonight. We'll see how much they make an impact. Obviously, there's I think there's going to be not a lot of pressure. They're playing they're playing the first game tonight. And Logan Gilbert has a bad start tonight. Mariners fans just need to relax. Remember, it is his first major league start. Let's not get too amped up about it. 
if he does great again first and I'll be start let you guy wait and see as for Kelnick I'm excited to see what he does he's he has been playing he's been playing pretty well down in, in their Tacoma minor league team his stats have been amazing I believe it was like I believe it was like eight for eighteen with two home runs. Some, I don't remember his full stats, but I know he's been like eight for eighteen or something like that. Goodworth's been pitching pretty well down Tacoma as well, so can't wait to see what they can do and what they can bring to this ball club for the next six years or so. Hopefully more if the Mariners can cough up the money. So, yeah, if you're a Mariners fan, get excited tonight. Your future has arrived. The future has arrived for the Seattle Mariners. At least two two of our pieces. We still got to wait on Julio Rodriguez to come next year, hopefully. But yeah. This is going to be a great, great night. Hopefully one to remember for those two guys. Congratulations to Kelnick and Logan. Jared Kelnick and Logan Gilbert. Hopefully they just enjoy the moments. Have fun. Hopefully produce. And hopefully being gone with a win. That'd be a great start to the Jared Kalanick era in Seattle. Alright, so this is probably old news to y'all, but obviously a few days ago, Albert Pujols, future Hall of Famer, was cut by the Los Angeles Angels. And my immediate reaction to that was, well, that's a that a, it was a shame. It honestly was a shame the way he was cut. Obviously, he wasn't doing that great this season. He's getting up there in age, and, well, obviously he wasn't going to be playing that well, but it was his last year of his deal. So I can see where it's, people can see it's a little bit of bogus. Obviously, he's a future Hall of Famer. He's a legend to the game, and, unfortunately, he is going to go out in a way that's – not exactly legendary, but, you know, it is what it is. At the end of the day, the, this business is rough. And the Angels did what they thought was best for the team. And what was best for the team? Probably not what a lot of people thought. So, for Apple Pools, what does this mean for him? Honestly, I think he... Could retire after this. I don't think there's going to be many teams looking to pick up a aging veteran who is probably at the twilight of his career. But I don't know. There's rumors that he could play for his national team in the Olympics, so that's good. Since he's no longer on the team, he's eligible to play for his national team. I believe he's from the Dominican Republic. So that's cool. But... May hopefully Son picks him up, maybe for a veteran leadership. I don't know. But yeah, it's a shame about Pujols, but he's gonna be a Hall of Famer. He had a great career. I believe he's in he's in the top like ten in home runs. I believe he's I don't think he's in at the thousand hit club, but if he is, that's good for him. And at the end of the day, great career. No, hopefully nothing from the best for him. And, well, it's a good one to arrive. This is the end for him. A very interesting story coming out of Oakland is that in a – I guess now I, I guess you consider a battle to find get a new stadium in Oakland. The Oakland A's are now rumored to be considering relocating if the city of Oakland does not grant them a new stadium on the river that they've wanted for a while. They've been trying to get the stadium for a while, it seems like. And honestly, in my opinion, Oakland needs to get it done. I mean it's not coming out of the city city pockets. Not coming out of the citizens' pockets for the most part. Most of it's going to be privately funded by Oakland by the Oakland A's. So I don't understand why this is really really being much of an issue for the city of Oakland to get it through their heads. Like, okay, 
we need to get a new stadium because if you looked at the old the stadium the Oakland is right now, it's not a baseball stadium. It's really not. I mean, the large foul territory is a joke. I mean, fans are nowhere near the state near the near the game at all. I mean, I swear, you get first row seats by on down the first and third baselines. You just have to wear bring binoculars to see the game. They're that far away. <laughs> a little bit over exaggeration, but with all that foul territory. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But the fact that oh, the city of Oakland isn't just saying, hey, okay, we'll give you all the stadium. It's ridiculous. And I don't understand why Oakland has trouble. And you think by now the Oakland City Council is trying to figure out, hmm, why did we lose the Golden State Warriors to San Francisco, who is a bigger market, in a brand-new stadium that's really great? Or why did we lose the Oakland Raiders to Vegas Great market with a new stadium. And now, they're on the verge of losing the Oakland A's here the next few years if they don't give the Oakland A's a new stadium plane. And that would be devastating for Oakland, fandom-wise. Because Oakland, the Oakland A's are the only thing Oakland fans have left when it comes to sports in that city. I mean... It's kind of sad to see how it's going, but if they do end up relocating, me personally, I think they need to stay somewhere on the West so the AL West doesn't get all weird. I mean, we already got two Texas teams, and that's pretty far out there. But I'm hearing talks of people saying, oh, they should go to Nashville. They should go to Charlotte. They should go to Omaha, which isn't that bad, but Nashville, Charlotte, Montreal, it's just like – do you, need, do you guys need to realign the divisions again if that happens? Because the AL West would be really weird if the Oakland A's somehow went all the way to Nashville or Charlotte or Montreal. That just wouldn't make any sense. That would just be a whole divisional realignment. So if the Oakland A's were to move out of Oakland, if let's say everything falls apart in Oakland and they move out of Oakland, I can see them moving to a place like Portland or Sacramento maybe even Vancouver, get the Canadians and the baseball team up there. That'd be pretty cool to see. And for all this, I see them going out west. This on east is probably Vegas. That'd be an interesting state place for them to play. That'd be kind of ironic to follow the Raiders out of town to the same spot. And I believe the farthest west they would go would probably would be Omaha. That already feels weird in itself. So, all I gotta say is like the city of Oakland. Don't screw this up. You have already lost two sports teams for reasons that you can't explain, and for your dumb reasoning. I don't know what your reasoning is for say, hey, we're not gonna help the Warriors. We're not gonna help the Raiders. They left town for better markets. Don't make the same mistake with the Oakland A's. Just help them build the stadium because it's not just going to be a baseball stadium. It's a multi-purpose stadium. It could be used for other sports. And they also said there are going to be hotels and restaurants built in the area, which is really good for an area that needs it in Oakland. So it's an opportunity for the city. It's an opportunity for the Oakland A's. It's an opportunity for the fans to enjoy baseball at a better revenue. Just don't screw it up, Oakland, for the city's sake. So a few days ago, Russell Westbrook broke the all-time record for triple doubles all-time, a record that was previously held by the great Oscar Robinson for the, the most triple doubles in NBA history. He broke that against the Atlanta Hawks. And, well, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. He has been a player that has been playing with great consistency over the years, as well as being going all out every possession, playing his heart out every night. He, and he has been probably one of the most, most hated players for no reason in the NBA. I don't know why people like to hit on Westbrook for playing it the way he is. People like to criticize him, not his career, for putting up 
stats, but not, it doesn't lead to any wins. But you got to really look at the teams he's been playing on the past few years. Honestly, the year, last few years he was in OKC. He didn't really have much help after the Kevin Durant left. And then Paul George left. Obviously, Westbrook and Paul George left at the same time. But the time between Kevin Durant and Paul George, Westbrook didn't really have much of real help out in OKC. His best player before Paul George arrived was probably Steven Adams. Or uh, Victor Oladipo, I don't know. You have to really, you have to wonder about that. But he didn't really get much help out in OKC. Still putting out crazy stats, doing everything in his power to will the OKC Thunder to wins, getting them into the playoffs year in and year out. Yes, he couldn't get past the first round, but he did everything in his power to get to where, get his team to the next level. His time in Houston, I think, is another crit where his criticism really hit the fan because. You got to look at it that way. He had Harden. There's Westbrook there. That team was pretty good, but he didn't really fit in that Mike D'Antoni system, in my opinion. But he still played pretty well um, in Houston. But yet again, his critics were at all-time high while he was in Houston. And then when Houston didn't win anything with Westbrook and Harden, obviously that's when the Rockets broke up. Westbrook's now in Washington, playing with Bradley Beal. And now he and Beal are doing everything in their power to get Washington into the play-in tournament and possibly even the playoffs if they get the job done. But back to the triple-double thing. It's a great accomplishment for him. He's going to get – he has a place in the all-time record books. I'm happy for him. Hopefully he can continue his success. He still has a few more years in him. He has still quite a bit of years that didn't Russell Westbrook. And hopefully he can get the Washington Wizards into the playoffs. Because I'll be really excited to see what he does, he and Bradley Beal do in a seven-game series against the Sixers or the Nets or whoever they play in the first round. If they get there. So congratulations to Russell Westbrook. Nothing but the best from him for him. And hopefully. He can get that. He and Beal can get that Washington team into the postseason. All right, switching gears up to the NFL. I want to talk about this Tim Tebow thing for the Jacksonville Jaguars and why I don't think it will last very long. All right, so honestly, there was a report that Tim Tebow is signing a one-year deal in Jacksonville, reuniting with his college coach, Urban Meyer. And he's going to play tight end. That's what the report says. So, I don't think it's going to last very long. And I'm going to give you three reasons why the Tim Tebow thing will not work. Reason number one. He hasn't played football in a while. And when I mean a while, he hasn't played in nearly a decade. Yes, he has been active in sports, but baseball... Is a whole different sport from football in a physical manner, more athletic manner, I believe. I mean, if Tim Tebow would have made this move to tight end 10 years ago, he'd probably still be in the league. Let's be honest. This is a move that he didn't want to make a few years ago. That pretty much got him shot, got him blackballed from the NFL forever, it seemed like. I thought he was done. I'm surprised. He's back now as a tight end, but I think he's too old. I believe the Jackson Jaguars tight end room is going to be, even though the Jackson Jaguars tight end room is not the greatest, I do believe the tight ends they have in the tight end room are going to be well more equipped to play tight end right now for the Jaguars than Tim Tebow. Reason number two, the media He's just going to be a pain in the butt with Tim Tebow being there. I mean, I don't understand the signing. The, the news for the signing came out around the same time as the draft, and it seemed like the Jacksonville media was all over that. I mean, they just got Trevor Lawrence for the first overall pick, who's supposed to be the savior of this team, a new leader and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's going to be weird having Tim Tebow coverage everywhere. 
And, well, it's probably going to be a preseason thing. We all know Tim Tebow's not going to be there long. The media's going to be all over it, though. And going over the social media side, there's obviously the people that believe that call the Colin Kaepernick situation. People calling saying, how did Tebow get a job at their decade, but still no Colin Kaepernick. Honestly, that's going to be a thing people are going to be talking about for a while, depending on who you are. So there's another thing for media and social media. It's going to be all over that. And the third reason is, I think this is just a uh, media stunt. I think it's just a publicity stunt. Like I said about the media, the media's going to be all over it. Oh, Urban Meyer is going to be reunited with Tim Tebow, yada, yada, yada. But I believe it's just a little bit of a media stunt to get fans interested in the Jaguars. Even more, even though they just got their franchise quarterback and Trevor Lawrence in the draft. So that doesn't make much sense either. So there's that. At the end of the day, those are my three reasons why the Tebow thing will not work. I don't know what Jack, what never mind the Jackson Jaguars are thinking making this move. It's not going to last very long. It's just going to be another thing in Jacksonville Jaguars football. And I believe that he's going to be cut before the season begins. He's going to be back talking college football on ESPN or something. But if there's a small chance he does make the team, Good for him. If not, it was just a waste of time. All right, back to another quarterback situation. Let's talk about the Aaron Rodgers saga in Green Bay. Honestly, I feel like the Green Bay Packers are going to have to potentially move on from Aaron Rodgers. They can probably get a little bit of a haul from him. But now there's no situation going on with Devontae Adams talking about how now he's consider has to consider his future in Green Bay if Aaron Rodgers isn't there. I mean, a drop from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love is a major drop in quarterback talent. And Devontae Adams is looking at that situation and thinking, wow, I'm really about to go from Aaron, from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, who I believe the Green Bay Packers have no idea what he can do. There's a video of him in training camp last year throwing on the run, and the ball dropped into the ground a few feet away from the target, not even close to the target he was throwing to. So that's not a good sign. I don't think Jordan Love is that good. And I think Packers fans all know that Jordan Love is not that good. I think the Packers know Jordan Love's not that good. So now they're looking at this Roger situation and being, oh, man. I don't know what's going on there. But they need to get but we need to get that fixed. At the end of the day, I believe Aaron Rodgers might get moved. And here are three teams I think make the most sense for him to be traded to. The first team that makes sense to me doesn't make makes a little bit of sense, but not a whole bunch of sense if you get what I mean. At this point. First team I think that can make a move for Aaron Rodgers. Now, hear me out. Hear me out. Philadelphia. Yes, Philadelphia. They got some young talent on the... Though not the greatest talent in the world, but they have talent. They got some weapons that... They, they got some pieces that they can move. They got, they're probably not going to be good. Draft picks can be swapped. I believe one of the one of the biggest question marks for the Eagles this season is quarterback. I believe they can swap Jalen Hurts and Aaron Rodgers in the deal. Honestly, the Eagles are throwing some draft picks and stuff, but I think they can swap those two quarterbacks. Draft picks go to the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers goes to Philadelphia. That would be an interesting spot to see Aaron Rodgers go, in my opinion, because let's face it, the Eagles are a complete mess right now. And well, I don't think Aaron Rod- I think Aaron Rodgers moved to another situation where he has still has some decent weapons in Green Bay with Devontae Adams and Zard and 
Uh, stuff. But Aaron Rodgers probably moved to Philadelphia. He has a rookie, Devontae Smith, and some solid young core players who still have yet to develop into superstar potential players. They're not going to be superstar potential wide receivers, but they can get the job done. And maybe they keep Zach Ertz around. Who knows? But like I said, this one is like, it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. It's kind of in the middle for me. Just a thought for me. Just a thought I had a while ago. Could he fit in Philadelphia? I don't know. Second option, honestly, the two teams we heard, heard about from his wish list have been the Oakland, like Las Vegas Raiders and the Denver Broncos. I believe the Raiders make a little bit more, make some sense because Packers can get back Carr and the and a few other, and maybe another weapon, maybe a weapon from them, bring it over the Green Bay. Jabba Greenback is still a solid quarterback in there. And Derek Carr, maybe get another weapon on defense or something. Well, or on offense. The Raiders, they get back Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback that can bring this team with those with that offensive talent to the next level. Because I don't think Carr was the piece that they need in Las Vegas. Vegas also needs some help in defense side of the football, so there's that too. But Aaron Rodgers, you saw what you can do with a, with a crap defense and a good offense. You can drag a team to the playoffs. So Vegas could be a spot. And Denver is another interesting spot. They have a good roster all around. I think their only issue is that quarterback. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater or Derek Locke or Drew Locke is going to be the solution at quarterback for the Denver Broncos in the long run. So – Here's my trade scenario for the Denver Broncos. Honestly, Aaron Rodgers goes to the Broncos. I think the Green Bay Packers return. You either get like Teddy Bridgewater or a Drew Locke and one of those nice wide receivers they have in the lineup. Judy, Hamler, Sutton, one of them's going over the Green Bay and some draft picks. I think that would be interesting both. Matchup-wise for the Broncos, because now you get Rodgers versus Mahomes twice a year. So that'd be fun to watch. I believe the ratings would go through the roof with those two. That'd be fun to watch. And I believe that's the one that makes most sense. I, the experts on like the experts say that Denver makes the most sense. I think Denver makes the most sense over Las Vegas. And I'm just doing a Philadelphia for a courtesy thing, because... I believe their quarterback situation is a question mark as well. But, yeah, those are the three teams I think could make a play for Aaron Rodgers. All right, so go last night the NFL schedule was announced. The full schedule was announced. And I would say there are a lot of games that I'm going to enjoy, a lot of games you guys are going to enjoy. And, well, Honestly, there's going to be a lot of games that we are not going to enjoy. Mostly, most of the Thursday night games we're not going to enjoy, but that's usually the case. Thursday night is just whatever games for the most part. So I'm going to go through the schedule week by week, and I'm going to tell you which games you should look forward to watching, if you can, depending on your region, what you, what you should look forward to week by which games you're looking forward to week by week. All right, so we are going to start with week one, week one of the regular season. Obviously, first game of the NFL regular season, Dallas Cowboys versus Tampa Bay. That's a game you should keep an eye on. Obviously, all that's going to be the defending Super Bowl champions and Tom Brady going for their eighth, going for his eighth Super Bowl ring against Dallas Cowboys, who. Always seem to get in the South's highest rotations, but always fall flat. I think the Buccaneers are going to roll in this game. The defending Super Bowl champions always seem to roll in their opening game. So, But still, it's going to be interesting to see how Dak Prescott returns from that nasty injury he had last year. Another game to watch, Seattle Seahawks heading to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Carson Wentz first start in Indianapolis. It's going to be interesting to see how comfortable he gets with Frank with the Frank Reich offense he ran during his best year in 2017 against the Seahawks team, who, well, 
they're going to be a good team to start the season. They're going to be a good team to start the season. Let's see if that def- see how defense can revamp and get Carson Wentz uncomfortable because I don't know why Seattle just has Carson Wentz number throughout his career. Another game to look forward to is Pittsburgh against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills, they're going to be contending for a Super Bowl title this year again against the Steelers team who who knows what they're going to be like. Let's see if they, I don't think they're going to start out 11-0 like they did last year, but it's going to be interesting to see how they start their season this year. Another interesting one, the Jets head to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Stan Darnold gets his revenge game early in the season against his old team, the Jets. That's going to be an interesting one to watch. Cardinals and Titans, another great opening matchup for these teams. Two that Cardinals got some additions on that defense. See how they could respond to King Henry. Obviously, I think the best game of the night of week one is going to be the Cleveland Browns heading to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Remember in the playoffs, these two teams gave us probably one of the best playoff games of the year. Cleveland was also close to upsetting Kansas City in that divisional round. It's going to be interesting to see how the Browns come out this year, especially with the additions they had this season. Another interesting one to look at is Green Bay and New Orleans. Green Bay and New Orleans, that's going to be an interesting one to look at. Will Aaron Rodgers still be the quarterback of the Packers? If not, who is going to be quarterback for the Green Bay Packers? Will it be Jordan Love? Or will it be Blake Bortles, who they signed a few days ago? And obviously you got the Sunday night game between the Bears and the Rams. I don't think that's going to be much of a game if Andy Dalton's under center for the Bears, but interesting to see how Matthew Tavard looks in that offense. And obviously you got the Monday night game between the Ravens and the Raiders. Those are the games to watch in week one, if you can. Week two, well, let's see here. You've got Bills and Dolphins. That's going to be an interesting game to keep an eye on. These two teams are probably going to be the favorites for the AFC East early on. See these two go head-to-head early on and could set the tone for who has an inside track, who has the inside track to win that division. It's going to be to see how Tua develops against another great team. See how well he plays against a good defense in Buffalo, who I think is going to get better this year. And obviously, like I said, it's an AFC, AFC East game between the two favorites. Rams and Colts could be another good game to watch. Obviously, we got the Rams offense against that Colts defense. It's going to be pretty good again this year. So Colts have a really tough start to the season with the two playoff teams for the NFC West last year to start the season. It could easily start 0-2, but depending on how Carson wins, they could go 2-0, depending on how Carson wins. Another interesting game, Seahawks against Titans. Seahawks have their first home game with fans probably going into the season. I know the 12th man is going to be loud or louder than ever. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Titans offense handles that. I'm probably going to Seahawks, Seahawks defense probably going to have a heavy dose of Derrick Henry, like a really heavy dose. It's going to be interesting to see how the Titans, with that new offensive coordinator, with the lack of, with the loss of weapons for in Tennessee's side, see how they handle that very loud Seattle crowd, which is probably going to be the loudest we've heard in a while. Obviously, the Sunday night game between the Chiefs and the Ravens, that's going to be a fun one to watch. Patrick Mahomes against Lamar Jackson, obviously. Lamar Jackson, the Ravens' kryptonite, is the Kansas City Chiefs as of late, so it's going to be interesting to see how the Ravens handle the Chiefs' offense this year, this time around. On to week three, obviously we got Chargers and Chiefs. That's going to be an interesting game to watch. Just a lot of people think the Chargers could take the Chiefs head-on for a division title, possibly. But we'll have to wait and see. This game could be a good indicator if the Chargers can actually hang with the Kansas City Chiefs this year or who knows. It might be another year. Another game to keep an eye on is Colts and Titans. When these two teams match up, it's always going to be an interesting game to watch because it always seems like when these two match up, the division could be sided either way with these two teams. I think these two teams are going to be completely even going into the season. And the winner of that game gets a huge advantage going into later stages of the regular season. Obviously, also got Bucks and Rams later on in the season. That's going to be an interesting game. 
defending Super Bowl champions against a heavy Super Bowl favorite in the Los Angeles Rams. It's going to be interesting to see how the Rams offense matches up with the Bucks offense. And obviously those two defenses are going to be game wreckers as well. It's going to be a fun game to watch. I don't know how this game is in prime time. I don't I don't really know. Obviously, you got the Sunday night game with Green Bay and San Francisco. That game depends on Aaron Rodgers' this situation as well. On to week four of the season. Colts and Dolphins. That's gonna be a fun one to keep an eye on. Two of versus that's Colts defense. That's gonna be an interesting one to keep an eye on. You got the first. You got two NFC West matchups. You got Cardinals and Rams. That one's going to be interesting to watch. Seahawks and 49ers. Got to keep an eye on that one as well. The winners of those two games are going to be get a nice little first step on an inside track to a division title in the best division in football. So those are two games you need to keep an eye on. And obviously, the storybook game, you've got. Tom Brady returned to Foxborough to play the Patriots. That is going to be everyone's game of the week for week four. You have to keep an eye on it. It's going to be interesting to see how Bill Belichick gains plans against Tom Brady after so many years of not having to worry about Tom Brady. It's going to be interesting to see how, how Bill gains plans against that ridiculous Buccaneers team. Moving on to week five, you got the first decent Thursday night game of the year with the Rams take on the Seahawks. That's going to be a good game to watch. Those those games are always battles to the very end, usually. So that's going to be interesting to want to watch. I believe the winner of this game can have an inside track. I think this is a big game for the Seahawks as they need to win this game more than the Rams do at this point. I believe the Rams are going to have be really good this year. Seahawks are also going to be really good this year, but I believe the winner of this game will win the division as well as the winner of their later matchup later on in the year. Let's see. Another game you need to keep an eye on, Dolphins and Buccaneers. That could be an interesting one. Tua versus the Buccaneers versus Tom Brady. That could be an interesting matchup. And obviously, you got Sunday Night Football with the Bills and the Chiefs. AFC Championship rematch. That's going to be a fun one to keep to watch on Sunday Night Football. And then the Monday Night game, you got Colton Ravens. Another great football game. Lamar Jackson against that Colts defense. And I believe at that point, Carson Wentz will be comfortable and rolling in that Colts offense. Moving on to Week 6. Some games you need to keep an eye on Week 6. Honestly, you got the Chiefs and that Washington football team. I believe that game is going to be a sneaky good game, especially if that Washington football team defense takes another step forward. It's going to be interesting how they handle Patrick Mahomes at home. Another interesting game to watch, you got Cardinals and Browns. You got Kyler Murray taking on Baker Mayfield. Oklahoma quarterbacks, that's going to be a fun one to watch. With those two offenses, I think it's going to be a little bit of a slugfest there. Then you got... The Seattle Seahawks take on Steelers on Sunday Night Football. That's going to be another format to watch, depending on how the Steelers' offense is going. I believe, I believe the Seahawks are going to win that game, but it's going to be a fun one to watch. And then the Monday night game on the 18th of October, you got the Bills at, on the road taking on the Titans. That's going to be another format to watch, and it could have major playoff implications going down the stretch. Week 7. You got the Titans hosting the Chiefs, so the Titans have a very, very tough back-to-back games. They got the two teams that were in the AFC Championship game going in back-to-back weeks. It's gonna be interesting to see how the Titans handle that. Luckily, they both they have them both on the at home, so that could be a little bit of advantage. But it's gonna be interesting to see how the Titans stack up against those two top-tier teams in the AFC. And again, this could be another playoff implication. Matchup with the Tennessee Titans. Another game you should keep an eye on is Colts and Buccaneers. That's going to be a fun one to keep an eye on. Bears and Bucks, if Justin Fields is in the game at this point, that could be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Saints and Seahawks, depending on James Winston's playing, 
on on Monday Night Football. That could be an interesting one to keep it on as well. Week 8, you got Packers and Cardinals on Thursday Night Football. Depending on Aaron Rodgers' situation, again, that could be a fun one to keep it on, to watch. Those two offenses go at it. Titans and Colts again on Halloween night. Again, another big game for the AFC South because the winner, I believe the winner of the Colts 10 series, again, is going to win the South Southern Division in the AFC. Dolphins and Bills again. Again, another big-time divisional matchup on Halloween Day. That's going to be another one to watch. Steelers-Browns, another one to keep an eye on as it's a playoff rematch between those two and the Browns' first playoff, playoff win in a long time. That's going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on. You've got Saints and Buccaneers. It'll be interesting to see how the Bucs handle the Saints this year in the regular season. And a sneaky good game, I think, on Monday Night Football will be the Giants and the Chiefs, depending on how Daniel Jones progresses as a quarterback this year. I believe the Giants will have an okay defense taking on Patrick Mahomes. But, yet again, this could be a blowout. I'm just, just talking crazy. Week 9 is kind of a very uneventful week for me. Other than a few, other than obviously the late games, Packers and Chiefs, that's going to be a fun one if Aaron Rodgers is still in Green Bay. If not, just don't even bother. It's probably going to be a blowout. You got Cardinals and 49ers going at it. That's another big divisional game. And playoff implications are going to be met in that game. And maybe in division title could be online in that game. In week nine, yes. I mean, who knows? In the NFC West, every divisional game is going to count more than others, in my opinion. On Sunday Night Football, you got the Titans taking on the Rams. That's going to be a fun one. That Rams defense against Derrick Henry, that's going to be a fun one to keep an eye on. It's going to be interesting to see how Matthew Stafford does against that Titans team as well. Week 10, Ravens and Dolphins. Going to be another fun one, in my opinion. That's going to be an interesting one. Tua versus Lamar. Let's see. It's going to be interesting how these two quarterbacks end up playing against each other. I believe another game that has playoff implications in the AFC. So that's going to keep one to keep an eye on. Another one you got to keep an eye on, Seahawks and Packers. Seahawks coming up a bye. Again, if Aaron Rodgers is playing, that's going to be one to keep an eye on. Again, Playoff implication on the line in that game. Then you got the Sunday night game between Chiefs and Raiders. That could have some playoff implications for the Raiders and the Chiefs. And then the Monday night game, Rams and 49ers. That should be a fun one if everyone's healthy. Obviously, another big divisional game in that very tough NFC West. Week 11. Let's see here. You got Colton Bills. Going to be a fun one to watch. Honestly, Colts defense, again, we saw this in the playoffs. The Colts with a Phillip Rivers battled with the Bills in the playoffs. Now the Colts have a younger quarterback in Carson Wentz. It's going to be interesting to see if they can replicate that great game they had in the wild card round. Another game to keep an eye on would be Cardinals and Seahawks. That's going to be an interesting game to keep an eye on because, again, another tough game in the NFC West. Another tough game in the NFC West, and it goes a long way to selling the winner of that very tough division. Who doesn't have to deal with wild card round? Who gets a home playoff game? Sunday night for me is eh. Monday night game is eh. Even though Bucks and Giants had a pretty good Monday night game last year. So we'll see how that goes. Week 12. So, obviously, we got the Thanksgiving games, week 12. Bears, Lions, eh. Bills, Saints could be interesting. Being on the quarterback, Bears, Cowboys, uh, all right. And then you got some fun matchups on Sunday of that week. You got Buccaneers taking on the Colts. That could be interesting again to keep an eye on. And you got 
Rams and Packers, again, another game to keep an eye on. Another playoff matchup, rematch from last year. If Aaron Rodgers plays, that's a game you should keep an eye on. And obviously, you got Sunday Night Football between the Browns and the Ravens. That is going to be a fun game to watch. The scene when those two, the last time these two met up, it was a phenomenal Monday Night game, a back and forth affair. It was a great game. Let's see. I wonder if they can replicate that again. It's going to be a fun game between those two. And it could decide the division crown in the AFC North, too. Obviously, you got the Seahawks and Washington football team playing on Monday Night Football. That could be a sneaky good game. All right. Week 13, we have Broncos and Chiefs. If the trade rumors are true and Aaron Rodgers ends up going to Denver, we'll see if that game's any good. Also, we have Ravens and Steelers. Those games are always interesting to keep an eye on. You got Cardinals and Bears, again, where we could see Justin Fields in that game against the Cardinals. And another playoff implication game late in the season. And then we got Seahawks and 49ers on Sunday Night Football. Another divisional matchup in the NFC West. Could decide a lot of factors going down the stretch in the in that division. Should be fun if everybody's healthy. Week 14, we get Ravens and Browns again. That should be a fun one to keep an eye on. Again, they play each other pretty close. Close in their schedule, so we could pretty much decide a tiebreaker right then and there for the division title in the AFC North. Obviously, you got Bills and Buccaneers. That's going to be a fun game to keep an eye on. It could be a potential Super Bowl preview in that game. The Bills heading to Tampa Bay. And obviously, it's going to be interesting to see if the Bills can finally beat Tom Brady on the road. It seems like Tom Brady's on that franchise for years. Josh Allen against Tom Brady is going to be a nice little game to keep an eye on. And obviously, you got the Monday night game between the Rams and Cardinals. I'm just going to get out of the way. Any NFC West matchup is a must-watch game because that division is going to be so tight. I mean, two division losses could end your NFC West run. You, you had to go pretty much flawless in that division, in divisional games, in that division, to win that division. I think it's going to be that Close. Week 15, Chiefs and Chargers. Again, another matchup between the Kings of the AFC West versus the potential King, the future Kings of the AFC West and the Chargers, depending on who you ask. Titan Steelers, that's going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on. See if the Steelers are even going to contention at this point. Browns and Raiders could have playoff. Playoff impact. For both these scenes head down the stretch. Packers Ravens, another good one. If Aaron Rodgers is playing, I feel swear with every good Packers game this year, it's if Aaron Rodgers is playing for the Green Bay Packers. Giants and Cowboys. Seeing how the NFC, NFC East is probably gonna be garbage again. This game could mean something down the stretch. Saints and Bucks should be an interesting one to watch on Sunday night football. And then you got Seahawks at the Rams again. And I believe with how close this division is, I believe these two teams are definitely going to be the favorites to win that division again, along with San Francisco, if San Francisco is healthy. So this game right here could decide a lot. Division record, tiebreaker. Division title probably on the line that game. We'll have to see. Week 16. Another interesting game, you've got Thursday night, 49ers and Titans. That's going to be a fun one. Maybe we see Trey Lance at this point for the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know. But if he is, it's going to be interesting to see how he does on the road against a tough Tennessee Titans team. It's going to be interesting to see how the San Francisco 49ers try to figure out the Derrick Henry attack. That's going to be interesting to figure out. And on Christmas Day, we got two Lovely presence. You got the Browns taking on the Packers. Baker Mayfield taking on, hopefully, Aaron Rodgers. So that's going to be a fun one to keep an eye on. Colts and Cardinals. That's going to be another That's another great game to keep an eye on on Christmas Day. 
Carson Wentz taking on Kyler Murray. That Colts offense, that Colts defense taking on that Cardinals offense. That's going to be another great fun one to watch. The NFL with these two games are trying to ch- are definitely going to challenge the NBA for Chris's dominance. Then, obviously, later down the stretch, you have Bears and Seahawks. That's going to be an interesting one. Playoff content, playoff spots could be on the line in that game. You also have Washington take on the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. Again, that could have division on the line on that game, potentially. Week 17, usually where the schedule ends, but not this year. I mean, this year we have week 17, some really fun games going down the stretch. We got Carlson Cowboys potential playoff applications to it. And then you got Dolphins and Titans, another playoff impact game possibly for seeding. Raiders Colts, potentially playoff seeding applications there. And then you got the Rams and the Ravens. That's going to be a fun one. Lamar against that Rams defense. That's going to be fun to watch. And then you got Monday Night Football against the Browns and the Steelers. That's going to be another fun game to watch between those two. Last week of the season, week 18. That's going to be weird to say for a long time. Week 18. We have some big divisional games. Obviously, the entire NFC West is at each other again. Seahawks at the Cardinals. 49ers at the Rams. Those games are going to be interesting. The division, I believe, will be won in those two games. Depending on who wins those earlier matchups in the in the divisional games, those two games will decide the West. It's going to be interesting to see who needs to win that game, who wins those games, and how they win those games. And who knows? I believe one of these two games is going to be flexed to Sunday Night Football. I don't know which one. I know one of them will. Obviously, you got Cowboys and Eagles, interesting divisional matchup. You got Chiefs and Broncos, interesting divisional matchup. Could be a potential win or get a could be win to get a bye situation for the Chiefs. The Dolphins could be fine for a playoff spot against the Patriots. We'll have to wait and see. A lot of good games this year. A lot of great games this year and the quote-unquote biggest season ever. So, yeah, that is how – those are the games you need to keep an eye on going into this season, in my opinion. We a lot of great football played this year. I can't wait. We're only a few months away. And that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Interesting NBA playoffs start next week. Can't wait to start talking about that. Also, the NHL playoffs begin on Saturday. Looking forward to a couple matchups in that one. Looking forward to the Bruins taking on the Washington Capitals. That's going to be fun to keep an eye on. And my Nashville Predators are taking on the Carolina Hurricanes in the first round. So, going to be another great playoff for the Stanley Cup Commanding to see who raised up that standing cup. I'm going to go with the Colorado Avalanche raising the cup this year. That's going to do it. Hopefully you all enjoyed. And that'll be it. Have a good one.